Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is episode 23 of Candid Crypto. Today's episode is a throwback episode. We're revisiting the first ever topic that we did on the show, D-Y-O-R. Also known as Do Your Own Research. And D-Y-O-R is a well-known acronym in the crypto and blockchain space. Liam and I always encourage our listeners and anyone who is curious in crypto to conduct due diligence and gather all the necessary information on a project before investing a significant amount of time and money. Doing your own research can help you find viable blockchain projects and avoid fraudulent or deceptive ones. And there's a lot of them. Now, this might be immediately obvious to most of you. Well, you gotta do research. But there are some nuances here that may not be captured with the popular DYOR wisdom out there. Michael and I spend a lot of time researching crypto projects for the show, and this aspect of our process continues to be fundamental in our crypto journey, both for the show and outside the show. We're going to review the candid crypto research process and discuss the different strategies we use depending on the type of crypto. So for example, our DYOR process can be different when investigating an NFT versus when investigating a decentralized app. And we might utilize various research strategies for different projects, but the first place we always start is with Google. And Google will always be our best friends when researching anything related to blockchain technology. And before you dive into any crypto project's website, we recommend beginners to be familiar with the basic terms used to describe certain projects. Knowing the general vocabulary and acronyms like DYOR is crucial to being confident in the crypto space. So once you're familiar with the basic terminology, the crypto project's website should be your first stop when doing your own research. With that being said, the project website should not be the only thing that pops up in your search results, credible projects with active communities likely have news articles and various media publications reporting on them. So Liam, once we get on the project's dedicated website, what's our first objective when researching? Figure out the purpose. Is there a clear use case and need for a specific crypto project? You might think this is easy, but there's plenty of projects that have little utility and purpose. They hide behind complexity. This isn't the case for some of the more popular projects. Things like Ethereum, Chainlink, and Basic Attention Token, they can be described in about a paragraph as to what they do. And part of this understanding is reviewing the white paper. The white paper should be an obvious thing on the website to click and read through. To summarize, it's a report or a guide that informs readers concisely about a complex issue and presents the issuing body's philosophy on the matter. So Liam, when we are reviewing these websites and white papers, what are some instant red flags? Spelling and grammar. I might be a stickler for grammar, but... <laughs> Poor grammar or typos are just so easy to avoid. You have to have one person proofread the paper. If grammar and typos, if those inconsistencies come up over and over, um, there are likely a lot of other details that were overlooked with the project itself. After we review the white paper, 
we then investigate the project's team and their reputation. Yes, and it's important to understand who is developing the project because the team can often make or break any crypto project. Knowing that there's a dedicated team on a project often brings me confidence, as well as being able to identify the names of each team member. If a project team is anonymous, it should set off red flags in your head as you should be wondering why they aren't willing to put their name behind a project if it is reputable. I do not want my crypto project being developed by bored apes. (laughs) Also, knowing the individual's name also makes researching the history of an individual possible. Make sure to look up people on social media like LinkedIn and Twitter and all the other credible social media and try to find if they've been part of other successful or unsuccessful projects. Way too often, fraudulent projects are led by someone with a questionable history. These investments can often be avoided if you spend an adequate amount of time DYORing the project's team. And the same goes for researching how the project is funded. Hopefully, the project website is transparent with that info. This isn't always the case. You might need to review multiple sources. So when we're looking up the project's use case, team, and source of funding, we have a handful of websites we use. There are many more, but the following sites are pretty thorough. They're also in the show notes. CoinGecko.com, Decrypt.co, Investopedia.com, and Coindesk.com. Yeah, those are all very good resources. And finally, on our research journey, Liam and I like to know about the tokenomics of a cryptocurrency. We investigate how are tokens being issued, what is the total supply. We look at things like, is it an inflationary or deflationary currency? Inflationary currencies have no limit to how many units are in circulation, while deflationary currencies have a max supply. For example, Bitcoin is a deflationary currency. It has a cap of 21 million Bitcoin and halves the mining reward every four years. In addition, we look at the token's price and market cap trends. A project's tokenomics might change over time, but it is pretty rare, and these decisions are typically made by the entire community. For example, Ethereum with the merge changed its tokenomics, but that was made throughout a series of years and with the support of the entire community. So in the end, make sure you set realistic expectations on price trends and feel confident in the tokenomics. And here are some good resources when doing your own research on tokenomics. We like using the coinperspective.com as well as coinmarketcap.com. Now you might be thinking, hey, how does the process change for various types of crypto projects? Are there additional tools and approaches to researching, say, an NFT project versus researching a DeFi or decentralized app project versus researching a developer tool? Yes, and the general process, it's all the same. But I feel like I typically use additional strategies when reviewing NFTs versus DeFi projects. For example, NFT's success is typically fueled by the community. And Discord is probably one of the best places to learn more about 
a specific NFT's project and their community. If I'm interested in an NFT project, I still review the items that we previously discussed, but then I will spend an adequate amount of time on the project's Discord channel and I try to interact with the community. Successful projects typically have a very active Discord community, and if I notice a Discord seems to be filled with mostly bots, that's a big red flag. And also, I review transactions and trends on OpenSea.io and Rarible.com to learn more about NFT projects and also leverage Rarity.tools when researching NFTs and the unique characteristics a project might have. And just make sure to use multiple resources and be aware of the different techniques scammers use to make NFT projects appear more valuable. There's a ton of them, and this could be an episode of its own, so I'll just leave it at that. Liam, do you have any unique research strategies for DeFi tools and developer tools? Yeah. When it comes to DeFi tools or DeFi applications, I always try to use the applications. These tools can typically be tested with little to no funds. Can you get on the website? Does the app work? And um, a big red flag there is the app straight up not working. A very poignant example that I have is the is the uh, Terra network. So Terra, aka Luna, and that debacle that happened earlier this year. Uh, before everything went under with that project, I tried to use what they dubbed their Terra to Ethereum bridge. A bridge is a tool to get assets from one blockchain onto another. So I tried to get a little bit of coins from the Ethereum network onto the Terra network. The bridge did not work. If this core value proposition doesn't work, what else doesn't work? And apparently it was the entirety of the <laughs> Terra network. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, and then when it comes to looking at developer tools, you want to read the documentation and audit the code as best as you can in your capacity as potentially a programmer. There are luckily third-party audit reports that can be found for larger projects. So auditors like Certic, Hacken, and Quantstamp review the code of blockchain projects before launch to ensure their security. These audits involve double-checking the code and testing it for vulnerabilities, which results in the funds within the apps being safer than a non-audited smart contract. If the project has no third-party audits, that should make you a little more trepid about investing. And then um, finally, just like with the DeFi apps, try to play around with the developer tools. Do they behave as intended? Does the documentation make sense? Does the documentation actually yield in the code what you're expecting? Um, and if there are some glaring if there are some glaring issues there, well, maybe reconsider investing your time and energy. Very good point, Slam. And in conclusion, DYOR is crucial for investors in the cryptocurrency and blockchain space. The absence of easy to understand information and lack of regulation somewhat makes scams more likely in crypto space than traditional financial markets. So never overlook the importance of research and verification. Wow. 
<laughs> you made it through an entire episode of Candid Crypto. No, but seriously, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you sitting through our research process and understanding what does it take to effectively flesh out what a project is doing and if it's worth investing your time and hard-earned money into. Michael and I have had a blast making these episodes. We hope that you, the listener, gets value from our process and our methodologies. And as usual, you can find us on CandidCryptoPodcast.com. Michael and I are currently working on shortening that domain name so you can save those precious keystrokes to say, tweet at us. Our Twitter is Candid underscore Crypto with the last O being a zero. Not confusing at all. Not confusing at all. And of course, you can find us on YouTube. We have some YouTube videos. Uh, Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. We are everywhere. Yeah. We love you all. Thank you so much for listening. And tune in next time.